Good morning. Our psalm this morning is Psalm 37, and we'll start with uh, verse 26. Morning prayer starts on page 4. Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Together, Psalm 95. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hands are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 37, beginning with the 26th verse. The righteous is ever merciful, and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Flee from evil, and do the thing that is good and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth the thing that is right. He forsaketh not his that be godly, but they are preserved forever. The unrighteous shall be punished. As for the seed of the ungodly, it shall be rooted out. The righteous shall inherit the land, and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous is exercised in wisdom and his tongue will be talking of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart, and his going shall not slide. The ungodly watcheth the righteous, and seeketh occasion to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn, condemn him when he is judged. Hope thou in the Lord, and keep his way, and he shall promote thee, that thou shalt possess the land. When the ungodly shall perish, thou shalt see it. I myself have seen the ungodly in great power, and flourishing like a green bay tree. I went by, and lo, he was gone. I sought him, but his place could nowhere be found. Innocency, and take heed unto the thing that is right, for that shall bring a man peace at the last. As for the transgressors, they shall perish together, and the end of the ungodly is, they shall be rooted out at the last. 
but the salvation of the righteous cometh of the Lord, who is also their strength in time of trouble. And the Lord shall stand by them, and save them. He shall deliver them from the ungodly, and shall save them, because they put their trust in him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 23rd chapter of the book of Genesis. Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. So Sarah died in Kirjath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Then Abraham stood up before his dead and spoke to the sons of Heth, saying, I am a foreigner and a visitor among you. Give me property for a burial place among you, that I may bury my dead out of my sight. And the sons of Heth answered Abraham, saying to him, Hear us, my lord, you are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our burial places. None of us will withhold from you his burial place, that you may bury your dead. Then Abraham stood up and bowed himself to the people of the land, the sons of Heth. And he spoke with them, saying, if it is your wish that I bury my dead out of my sight, hear me, and meet, meet with Ephron the son of Zohar for me, that he may give me the cave of Mechpelah which he has, which is at the end of his field. Let him give it to me at the full price, as property for a burial place among you. Now Ephraim dwelt among the sons of Heth, and Ephraim the Hittite answered Abraham in the presence of the son of Heth, all who entered the gate of his city, saying, no, my lord, hear me. I give you the field and the cave that is in it. I give it to you in the presence of the sons of my people. I give it to you. Bury your dead. And Abraham bowed himself down before the people of the land. And he spoke to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land, saying, If you will give it, please hear me. I will give you money for the field. Take it from me, and I will bury my dead there. And Ephraim answered Abraham, saying to him, Lord, listen to me. The land is worth four hundred shekels of silver. What is that between you and me? To bury your dead. And Abraham listened to Ephraim. And Abraham weighed out the silver for Ephraim, which he had named in the hearing of the sons of Heth, four hundred shekels of silver, currency of the merchants. So the field at Ephraim, which was in Machpelah, which was before Mamre, the field and the cave which was in it, and all the trees that were in the field, which were within all the surrounding borders, were deeded to Abraham as a possession in the presence of the sons of Heth, before all who went in at the gate of his city. After this, Abraham buried Sarah his wife in the cave of the field of Machpelah, before Mamre, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. So the field and the cave that is in it were deeded to Abraham by the sons of Heth as property for a burial place. Here endeth the first lesson. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths, and dwellest between the cherubim. 
praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the sixth verse of the fourth chapter of the first epistle of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against another. For who makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? You are already full. You are already rich. You have reigned as kings without us. And indeed, I could wish you did reign, that we also might reign with you. For I think that God has displayed us, the apostles, last as men condemned to death. For we have been made a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. To the present hour we both hunger and thirst, and we are poorly clothed and beaten and homeless. And we labor working with our own hands. Being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. Being defamed, we entreat. We have been made as the filth of the world, the offscouring of all things until now. I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. For though you might have ten thousand instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore I urge you, imitate me. For this reason I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Now some are puffed up as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you shortly, if the Lord wills, and I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod, or in love and spirit of gentleness? Here endeth the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. For he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, 
that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you and with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O God, make clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord, who, who for our sake didst fast forty days and forty nights, give us grace to use such abstinence, that our flesh, being subdued to the Spirit, may ever obey the godly motions and righteousness and true holiness to thy honor and glory who livest and reignest with the Father and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all.
Our chapter from Genesis today has uh, a couple of significant themes. First of all, the practicalities of it. We um, remember that Abraham's status in the promised land, God has asked him, you know, asked him back in uh, chapters ago in Genesis to leave his, his homeland and go to the land he promised. So he's, he's reached that land, but he's not, um, he doesn't own any property there. He's not a citizen. He's not a resident. He's what would be technically called a resident alien. And um, that's his, his status. Uh, and so he doesn't have any uh, uh, place like, he doesn't have a, you know, this will be my cemetery. So he, he goes for Sarah. I'm sure other people have died, but they've been very various places. But, but they have a notable place to remember uh, uh, the, the notable family members. He goes to, to the natives. And what happens in this chapter is really just sort of negotiation. It's the way negotiation went. He says, you know, I need a place to bury my dead. Now take, take whatever you want to bury your dead wherever. Although what they do say is you can bury your dead in our burial sites and we won't have any problem with that. And Abraham's clear that he doesn't want to, I mean, he, he seems to not want to do that. He wants to bury, he wants his own burial site separate. So he, he says, give me this and then you know, the natives say, well, just take it and do it. And he doesn't, that's just sort of the negotiating ploy. And then Abraham says, no, for the full price. And then he throws out this price, 400 shekels of silver, which I think is a pretty steep and exorbitant price. But the whole point is Abraham's not taking any gifts from the natives. He is, um, he's going to pay the money for it and he possesses that. And so, this highlights Abraham's status as a resident alien, and this is a status that is picked up in a number of places in the New Testament, uh, most notably in 1 Peter, when um, Peter uh, says, I exhort you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts. He's really uh, echoing this language that Abraham uses. I'm a stranger and a sojourner among you. We also get this in um, Hebrews chapter 11, where all the people who died in faith, they desired a better land, a better country. This wasn't their home. They didn't belong here. And so the, the, the image is brought up here with the burial cave for Sarah is the resident aliens, the one place that Abraham owns is a cave where his dead are buried, which gives a kind of implication of resurrection hope because it's in the resurrection when um, those who, who are descendants of Abraham will fully inherit the promise. And this resurrection hope develops throughout the Old Testament, but already get an inkling of, of sort of the, the necessity of it where we've had Abraham leave your home, go to a land, I'll give you a child, he'll inherit the promises, but now the mom's going to die. She's not going to inherit the promises. Abraham's going to die. And we, we, we begin to, to confront this reality that, that even if we inherit in some temporal way the promise, we're going to die and lose it. And so there has to be some hope that transcends this life. Uh, it will um, be brought to fruition in the Old Testament, perhaps in the most powerful resurrection passage, which is Ezekiel 37, which we'll read at Easter Vigil. Uh, where can these bones live and, and the dead bones of Israel are, ra are, raised, uh, are raised up to, to, to the inheritance. 
And, and so the status um, of not being a citizen, but being a resident alien, this is something that a, a lot of uh, emphasis is placed on in the New Testament writings. We don't really belong here. St. Paul says our citizenship is in heaven. And, and I think it's significant that a lot of the, the temptations we fall into in life relate to um, being too attached to this world needing something to happen here. And I would say that's a, a really temptation of the church, especially the Western church and a, a fruit of Christendom that the more we come at home here, the more we, we think we can make the kingdom out of this place and the more we fight for something here. And the fact is that this will never be, uh, uh, the kingdom will never fully manifest itself here until our Lord comes and establishes it. We're witnesses for the kingdom. We're ambassadors for the kingdom. And even St. Paul in his New Testament letter here, he's sort of saying, he's playing off of this, like we're, we're the off-scour of the earth. We're homeless. We're wandering around, you know, but you're all rich. And part of the, the tension in Corinth it, framed in this sort of Genesis 23 way is that um, St. Paul is rooted in the kingdom and, and doesn't really, he's given up everything for the kingdom. But those in Corinth are really thinking about, you know, are they more important than others in the community? I have these gifts that make me significant. I belong to this guy. I belong to that guy. And almost always in the church when we have tensions, it's rooted in something temporal being more important to us in the kingdom of God. So the more we um, detach ourselves, the more the true values of the kingdom, which which are love and virtue and forbearance and you know the more those those values can prevail so as we think about lent um you know there's lenten disciplines i really think that a, pre a preeminent virtue of lent is detachment the purpose of fasting is to let go of needing something and and to to be able to stay in our in our place of relative discomfort and that because that's the nature of life in this world it's it's there there's a wilderness aspect of it there's a desert aspect there's an aspect of it will never completely satisfy us and when we pursue things in the world we kid ourselves thinking we this is going to do it and it's not going to do it we can enjoy it it's a good gift but all is is temporal so by fasting by creating space in our life during lent to detach a little bit we open up space for God to come back in and, and to strengthen that connection to the Father in Christ, in the Spirit, and to grow in our prayer and strengthen that inheritance of the kingdom in it to rebalance our lives in the right way. And since we're doing the Latin wilderness, we're, we're sort of exercising this no, reminding ourselves that nothing here is it, and strengthening our connection to that which is eternal. So a few thoughts about today's lessons. Continuing with a prayer for all, for all conditions of men. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving help unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith and unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness 
all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, have a great Thursday. Look forward to seeing you tonight. Bye, Bishop. Bye, Bishop. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Deacon Bob. Thank you, Bishop. Bye. Have a good day, everybody. Bye-bye.